Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Wednesday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising, if you're new. And I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. Your first bet up to $1,000. Superbook Sports will match even if it wins or loses. Download the Superbook Sports app and start betting today. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found at GaryAshton.com. Two Rivers Ford, the best car buying experience possible since 1983, operating with honesty and integrity. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, uh, working through practice today, there was a lot of different things that jumped out to me. Um, first and foremost, I think, was the offense not performing very well for the first team, for the second team. I thought the Cardinals' offense did not look very good against the Titans' defense. It was just a generally slow day for offensive football when these two teams got together. Now, the way that it worked is they separated for some uh, for the vast majority of practice, but they came back together to do two-minute and some team drills. Uh, but for the most part, they were on opposite practice fields throughout the course of the day. So with all that being said... And seeing where the two teams are health-wise, it's like, okay, you understand, final week of the regular season, you don't want anybody to get, get banged up in practice, you don't want anybody, anybody who of consequence to get hurt, well, you don't want anybody in the first place to get hurt in the final preseason game, but you certainly don't want your important players getting hurt in the final preseason game. So everybody, let's just get a little bit of competitive work in and then chill the F out, which was basically the approach. But watching a couple of different positions today, uh, I think that it it brings up a an interesting conversation about the most difficult decision to make on the Titans roster this year. So I want to ask you that question. What is the most difficult decision to make on the Titans roster this year? Let's talk about it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll get into it together. The the variety there's a variety of different ones. Certainly, we talked last night about the punting situation. That is something that will continue to be monitored. Um, I uh, uh, I am um, looking at a uh, I'm looking at a couple of different things like Caleb Farley, which is a I think a difficult decision to make whether you start him or put Mark Roger McCreary out there. What is the most difficult decision on the Titans roster from your standpoint? Um. Let's see. Uh, Gino says, hey, Buck, saw you on earlier video with the new guy and you had your sunglasses on. That's right. Uh, don't do that. Man looks silly and disrespectful. Gino, am I looking at a picture where you're wearing sunglasses and a picture telling me not to wear sunglasses in a video? I don't understand. What I'm, I'm deeply confused by that. But uh, OK, <laughs> I'm probably still going to wear sunglasses because it's sunny out there and I'm at Titans practice. And also those are really nice sunglasses. So if I was ever going to look disrespectful in sunglasses, then I might as well do it. My Gucci's, uh, for Sin City Titan, he says, shouldn't expect much else with this roster with the offensive linemen we have on the team. Scary situation. Nate Davis didn't practice again today. And Nick Petit Frere took a lot of reps with the ones, um, Jordan Ruse, number 70, who is, uh, who is somebody that uh, who is somebody that has played more and more in these preseason games. I think the team likes him. Uh, there have been some positive snaps for him, and I thought that 
Um, on the whole, like Dylan Radens wasn't terrible. I saw some good run blocking snaps, but in pass pro, not good. And the offensive line is a difficult decision to make because you're not really sure who the best players are right now. Um, uh, Buck was shook by Sam, says Cincinnati Titan. I was, you know, I was shook because his voice got deeper when he started talking into a microphone. Like I thought, I thought he was doing a bit. But I guess like he was ye- he was yelling very loudly, and you know Sam is uh I he Sam Sam it's the first one of those that I've done with Sam. I thought he did a good job, but yeah he uh, he dropped his voice on me as soon as he turned the live stream on, and I looked around and I was like, what are you doing? Why why do you sound different when we're broadcasting here? So I hope I didn't uh, <laughs> uh, uh I hope I didn't call him out too badly. Uh, let us see the most difficult situation for the Titans on the roster this year. Let's talk about it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, you are going to hear from a difficult, uh, position or a difficult decision to make on the roster here in just a second, right after I remind you about two rivers Ford. two rivers Ford is where you go for the best in the business for the best car buying experience, humanly possible, a non-commissioned sales staff that does not put any pressure on you throughout the course of the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford will be there for you and work with you no matter how it is that you like to shop, whether you're looking for new, pre-owned, available on the lot, or built for you. That's the that's the beauty of Two Rivers Ford. They're going to find any number of ways to make your deal possible. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Um, so the difficult decisions on the roster to make right now, and the punning, the punter, the punter situation is probably the most difficult, but since we talked, since we did a whole show on punter competition last night, uh, I think, uh, I think that that is probably something that we can all agree upon is going to be a situation to continue to monitor. Um, uh, MB says, I guess, so I guess it's going to be glasses, less buck going forward. No, I'm absolutely still going to wear my glasses when I'm. Uh, although that yesterday was my last radio show at training camp. I'm not going out, uh, tomorrow. So I don't know how many more of those Austin and Sam are going to do. I don't think Austin's going tomorrow either. So we'll see if Sam does one by himself, but regardless, I'm probably gonna have my sunglasses on if I'm outside. Um, imagine the Colts sitting back waiting to pick up whatever punter we cut vultures, man. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we talked about last night since city met the idea that Brett Kern could end up a cult. That would be painful for a lot of you. That would be a difficult decision. Uh, Trevor Thomas says, look at that number 12 on the graphic. It's our dad. Yes, Andrew Luck did retire as your daddy uh, against uh, against the Titans a couple of years ago. But we'll get to that later on. I think the most difficult decision on the roster is how they're going to play all these defensive backs, specifically the corners. And they did make a trade for Ugo Amadi today. Uh, formerly of the Seahawks, was an eagle for apparently less than 10 days before the Titans traded for him. So he has played in the he has played in the slot uh, as a starter for Seattle um, and an Overton High School product here out of Nashville. But how to get all these defensive backs on the field and really which we know which ones are their best defensive backs, but there's a lot of different guys that they have the ability to deploy. What do you tell young guys? Obviously, cuts you know, going on. There'll be a lot more next week. What do you tell young guys that are in the room who, who obviously know what's coming to kind of focus and not 
pay attention to it? Is that is that hard to do? You think? Yeah, I mean it's definitely difficult, but the guys are always you know they're thinking you think about it, so you can't act like it's not there. But I mean we just tell our guys to keep competing and keep playing. Like I mean no matter what's going on, if you just full go, keep learning, keep listening. I mean it's not just the Titans that are looking at you. There's other teams around the league that are looking at you. So just do it do it for your teammates and then do it for yourself and with go out there and finish. So that is Amani Hooker, uh, Titans starting safety, talking about, you know, the young group of guys that they have. Now, again, Elijah Molden did not practice today. So you saw some Roger McCreary snaps on the outside. You saw some Roger McCreary snaps in nickel and in the slot um, playing for the Titans defense today. If Molden is more hurt than we might imagine, if this costs him playing time, as it has cost him a considerable amount of practice time, right now he missed a a chunk of about two weeks earlier in training camp and he's kind of been on and off the field in the last couple of weeks um obviously that does complicate things because Molden is a really good player in the slot now I think that Farley is good enough to play on the outside and put McCreary in the slot um but uh, beyond that Chris Jackson is hurt right now you uh the the trade for Ugo Amadi as we talked about they have rotated 75 different safeties through this roster um, throughout the course of, I think it's been a little less than a month that we've been doing training camp right now. And that is a position where a lot of uh, a lot of turnover has taken place. But I think as far as difficulty of decision, it's just co- going to be, okay, who do we keep? Who do we like? Who gives us the best ability to do the most? And also, uh, how can we get all these different guys on the field right now? That's the kind of thing that kind of pops for me about their defensive back situation. And, uh, you know, outside of the Titan, or, or right, rather, outside of the punter, uh, the Titans punter competition, that's probably the most difficult decision that they have to make right now. Uh, let's see. Um, diff- most difficult decision on the roster. Jeremy Michael says maybe an offensive lineman will come available. We will see next week, next Tuesday, when they make the, uh, the biggest cut of the three, the cut from 80 down to 53. Kevin Jones says Molden is hurt more than they are telling us. Um, you know, I'm less concerned about Elijah Molden than I am about damn Danico Autry. Th- th- today was day 20, 23 without having seen Danico Autry on the practice field. Um, so luckily, Demarcus Walker, I think, is going to be a player for you guys. But, you know, obviously, I think that like Jeff and Harold and Bud are all great, certainly. But I think the thing that really put that defensive line group over the top was how damn good Danico Autry was. And so if there's a drop-off there, how much more pressure does it put on the other three? I think that they, you know, Walker and Weaver um, will give them some flexibility. I really, really like Ola Adani. I know that they do too because he plays not just his position, but he plays a lot of special teams. And he's been disruptive throughout the course of the preseason. So, you know, the depth there, you feel pretty confident in. But Danico Autry is far more concerning to me than Elijah Molden um, just because I know how great that guy was for this defense last year. Uh, most difficult decision, says Drake on YouTube, is whether to keep six-plus defensive linemen or not. I would, I would be shocked if they kept more than six defensive linemen. That would seem to be uh, wild to me. Demetrius asked, what's the issue with Autry? Of course, they're not going to tell us uh, that, Demetrius, but he did have some knee stuff last year. Um, I think that they are, uh, I I think that they are just kind of trying to take it easy with an older player who's, um, 
you know, who's clearly dealing with some lower body stuff. Uh, all I, so I'm seeing, uh, let's see, uh, Buck, what about the quarterback job? The quarterback job is Ryan Tannehill's, um, Aaron. So I'm not certain what there is to talk about the quarterback job. Kevin Harris has, has continually just said Burks question mark exclamation, but what about him? Uh, he left the practice field today. He didn't do team stuff. Um, that's, that's it. Like, I, I don't know what, I don't want more, uh, what more context you want me to add there to the trailing Burks deal. Like I saw him come out, saw him warm up, saw him go back inside. That was about the extent of the trailing Burks day. Um, it's obviously not ideal. Like you want that guy to continue to stay out on the practice field, but that is not something that, you know, I think it's just been a general lack of consistency. Um, is he hurt? I mean, he's probably dealing with something like they, they do. So they do this all the time. They put these guys on individual practice plans. Ben Jones won't come out uh, for the start of practice. And then all of a sudden, like Ben Jones won't come out and warm up. And then we'll say, okay, uh, there's no Ben Jones at the start of practice. And then all of a sudden they'll break off for individual tr- drills and out comes uh, Ben Jones trotting out of the locker room because for whatever reason, I didn't see Burks come back out to practice. And again, he didn't do all of the team stuff uh, at this point, but yeah, I mean, you know, what, what more do you, until, until he does something tangible and until I see something notable from Traylon Burks and I didn't see anything notable injury wise today, you know, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't know why there's so much, I don't think we have to spend time on Traylon Burks when he's not necessarily a factor just yet. Now we can spend the time, we can spend time on the idea that the first round pick is not a factor just yet. But like, aren't you guys tired of this shit with him? I mean, just the general conversation, like there's no new information. So I guess I get, I made producer Reed laugh with that one, but like, I don't, I don't know what more we can provide to you. Obviously you would want to know if like more detail on injury information. And of course we're not going to get that because Mike Vrabel is never going to give that up. But um, with all the, all the different discussions of all the different discussions of um, Traylon Burks and, and this offseason and on and on and on it goes. It's just like, okay, like, what do you, what, what, what more do you want me to say about the dude? Um, it just, it's, I'm tired of it. I'm happy to talk about it if you guys want to, but like I said, it's just, you know, that's not, there's nothing more there for me to say right now. Um, ice pack in Saturday's game for Burks is Chris Frazier. Yeah, but he, so he did, he did, uh, what did he do in practice where he came up limping last week? Um, came up limping at the end of practice last week in two minute. He didn't end up having to go back out on the practice field. He didn't leave practice field. It was a, uh, it was a left leg situation. He came off limping. And then like the next couple of days in practice, he came out and worked, but he didn't do all the drills. Um, so yeah, he's probably, he's probably dealing with a little something, but like, there's a bunch of dudes dealing with a little something all the time. You guys don't freak out every time Dylan Cole's not out on the field. Um, as there's no new no new news on the situation other than yeah he left practice today so i uh i understand i understand your angst but also like enough <laughs> enough with the trailing burke stuff when we uh when we you know when we spent so much of our time already on it all right which matchup are you most excited to watch between the titans and the cards let's talk about it facebook youtube twitter and the twitch uh we saw a couple of different ones today that I think uh, that I think we are obviously not going to see in the preseason game because those guys aren't going to play. But that's the question that I want to ask you: Which players are you looking forward to watching 
match up against one another on Saturday at Nissan Stadium? Give me your answer. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at Superbook Sports. We are live from the Superbook Sports studio. You can be live with Vegas in the palm of your hand this football season. They have lines up in the Superbook Sports app for every NFL game already. You can bet the entire 18-week slate right now at Superbook Sports. They also have odds boosts like the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South, boosted up to plus 250. Superbook Sports is where you go. So, uh, what is the best position battle to watch on the roster or between the Titans and the Cards right now? Uh, I'm looking forward to watching Malik Willis get back out there. A welcome to the NFL moment, for lack of a better term. Just kind of something that you've been working through that you haven't necessarily seen before or things that you may not have had to experience yet that you've gotten to experience in the last couple of weeks. I mean, ever since I got here, working the huddle, that was probably the biggest thing at first because you go from having 25-second, 30 seconds on the play clock because we're going fast and we're no huddle to having like 15 and uh, the mic cutting off at 20 seconds. Yeah. It's like – you better get it while you live, and you better get up there and be able to make these checks and be able to see what's going on and get the snap off within a timely manner. Was that was that kind of like disorienting the first time you went through it? And practice? Yeah. No, because he didn't have a time limit. But <laughs> I think that helped, though, being able to practice that every day. How are you? How are you? So that's Malik Willis on the radio show. By the way, you can go check out that interview. Uh, Malik was really fun to uh, to hang out with for – a segment today you can uh you can go and uh listen to that full interview in my radio show's podcast feed real simple just search the buck rising show also on the radio show tomorrow uh our friend diana rossini nfl insider for espn so if you want to go check out any of the great camp interviews that we've done by the way um i gotta say thank you to the titans really quickly uh because they made all kinds of people available for me at training camp which was huge um, throughout the course of our training camp shows out there. John Robinson, Amani Hooker, Roger McCreary, Taylor Lewan, Malik Willis. Who else did we have? Rashad Weaver. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of uh, a lot of different players that we had the that we had the chance to catch up with that I really enjoyed getting to know a little better and and uh having a uh, Traylon Burks was on the radio show. Like um very, very grateful to the Titans for uh for making life easy on us out there by bringing over some guys who I know a lot of you want to hear from. Um, so you can catch any of those interviews that we did throughout the course of training camp in the uh, in the radio show's podcast feed. Okay, so matchups to watch at this point. Malik Willis, for me, is the thing that's going to kind of carry the day. You know that, like, Taylor Lewan is probably not going to play in this game. I saw somebody bring up uh, – I saw some somebody bring up uh, Taylor Lewan versus Chandler Jones. First of all, Chandler Jones – plays for the Raiders this year. He does not play for the Cardinals. And the Raiders are here in week three. So Taylor Lewan and Chandler Jones will get another crack at each other. And we'll see if that goes any better for Lewan than it did uh, in week one of last year when Chandler Jones and frankly, that Arizona defense just straight dummied the Titans offensive lines. Brutal to watch. Um, the I think I would be curious to see how much Caleb Farley plays. I think that is, uh, I think that is going to be uh, a story. I think how little somebody like Roger McCreary ends up playing, I think that's going to be uh, a situation monitor as well because that would be a good indication of, you know, who they're trying to make sure is ready to go for week one as opposed to who they need to see a little more from 
with about three weeks left to go. Uh, let's see. I can't imagine game three will change anything. Change anything for who? Just on the whole, um, you know, it it can it can make a difference for some guys. Obviously, they have to field teams, but like I think that I think game three means something for Des Fitzpatrick. I think game three means something for Logan Woodside. I think game three game three means something for Logan Woodside, for example, because of okay, how how much can Malik do right now? And can you get away with keeping only two quarterbacks once the regular season starts? At this point, probably not. Like when you hear Malik, they're talking about, you know, working a huddle. That's not an unimportant thing for an NFL quarterback to, to be able to handle. And I think it's totally fine that that's something that he's, you know, had to get used to because it's not something he did in college. Again, very, very basic granular level stuff. But Logan Woodside, the nature of his position here, whether it's on the active roster or the practice squad by the time they make these final cuts. I think that this is uh I think this is a uh I think this is a circumstance for them where you'll get to see a lot of Malik Willis and they'll say, okay, we're either good, we're either comfortable with where he is in the operations point of things, or we'll say, okay, uh he's he's not ready yet. We need Woodside for the time being. Our our bye week, the bye week's pretty early. I think it's like week six, maybe. Like it's it's fairly early at this point. So you know, six weeks into the season, maybe we need to make some roster adjustments. Maybe Malik will be more ready then. Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, we'll find that out um, in uh, in more detail as these things go along. I think the Titans would know that by now, Cincinnati, and I'd agree. They they do, in all likelihood, know that right now. Um, but I do still think that there's some things that you can put on tape and that practice can show you, but that can look different in game operations than in a practice setting. You know what I'm saying? Like he can make the mistakes in practice and then make the corrections on the field. And you come back and say, okay, you know, pretty, pretty good. Pretty impressive. He feels like he's on solid ground um, or not. Who knows? Uh, Buck says MB. The problem is though, a lot of what happens to Woodside is out of his hands. It's about Mo Malik does more. Oh, there's no question there. There's no disputing that whatsoever. Logan Woodside. They know what he is. Um, everybody knows what Logan Woodside is. Greg Cosell and I talked about Logan Woodside today. And basically, Greg said, yeah, the entire league knows he's not a starting NFL quarterback. And by the way, Malik Willis in the starting NFL quarterback right now. Like, there's that's no small thing for Woodside or Malik or anybody else. I mean, uh, Mitch Trubisky is not an NFL starting quarterback right now. And he may well have to start games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, though it looks like that's going to be Kenny Pickett's job, for example, right? Um, I think all those different things you have to say and you have to keep in mind um, for, for the depth and the ultimate success of the football team. And it's not like it's, it's not like it's set in stone as soon as the regular season begins, right? They can, they can readjust the roster, the personnel and change the math where they need to at different positions. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching Malik. Uh, Malik has been uh, pretty good at this point. Uh, if they cut Kern, uh, says Neil Patel, don't see that happening, but do you see them spending that money on a right tackle or a left guard? Uh, so I was texting people about this today and i uh uh i need um hang on uh i need to pull up the text sorry uh, there was a different text that somebody shot me about a mike vrabel situation um so the 2.75 million dollar cap hit that brett kern currently carries uh it won't be about money um unless they trade him 
to free them of the 2.75 million. So it's not like he's just a clean cap cut. They still, he still counts against the cap. It's not like that money just becomes available uh, with the way that they restructured his contract. Remember, because he did take a pay cut, but they also did restructure uh, his deal. He took a, he took, a, he gave them back one million dollars. Um, but the way that it was described to me is that he will, uh, it won't be about money unless they trade him to free them of two point seven five million dollars. And that was a text from a. Uh, a source very close to the situation, shall we say. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. And tackles and guards that come available, you know, whether they end up on this roster or not, we'll at least wait another week before things like that start to materialize. All right, let's talk about uh, Andrew Luck, who retired as your dad. Uh, that is a uh, that is something that was a suffering for Titans fans until the end of time. It is the three-year anniversary today, probably about this hour, as a matter of fact, where Andrew Luck at halftime, I think, of a Colts preseason game, it was reported by Adam Schefter that Andrew Luck would be retiring from football. Uh, I don't think he was yet 30. I think Andrew Luck was like 28. So what is your uh, what is your most, what do you remember most about Andrew Luck's retirement on the three-year anniversary today? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Let's talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. We're going to give you the intel on Andrew Luck, but you can get the intel with the Gary Ashton team on this Nashville real estate market. GaryAshton.com, that's where you go for the intel edge that you need to succeed for the best in the business, for the best properties, for the best information, for the best value on your home, whether you're buying or selling. Gary Ashton is the place that you go. GaryAshton.com for more information. Um, what is your biggest memory of the day that Andrew Luck retired? Alan Lathrop says, I remember the Colts fans booing him. Yes, that is correct. Booing in ways that the guy was retiring because his body was physically failing him. He had done everything humanly possible for that organization. And the Colts fans booed him as he walked off the field. Uh, Ken Caniff says Buck equals Luck's burner account. No, uh, I don't think Andrew would use the kind of language that I use on Twitter. Um, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll keep you guessing, uh, luck WTF says Brian Badillo, a bunch of thumbs downs. Uh, yeah, luck matters very much in the history of this franchise, because as I said, he retired with an 11 and 0 record against you. Um, it's not like he was insignificant in the history of your franchise. And he obviously played a great deal, um, for why the Titans kind of came into the, t- the Colts have been tailspinning basically since luck retired. And that has opened the door for the Titans to be able to take advantage. Luck leaving has been your greatest victory, indisputably. Like I know Houston made, you know, made a little noise in there, and there's one stray Jags year, but I think Luck was still in the division when Blake Bortles played in an AFC championship game. But the greatest, the best thing that's happened to you is this guy leaving the sport. Now, what I remember is being uh what I remember is being in that uh being out on Broadway that night with a bunch of friends. I got the tweet. We went on a live stream. I shouldn't have done a live stream because I was definitely drinking. Um, it was my first, uh, it was my, it was like the first couple of months that I worked for A to Z. Uh, so it was, uh, it was something that was a huge story at the time. And I remember being very, very intrigued about it and watching intently his entire press conference the next day. But three years ago today, Andrew Luck retiring obviously changed fortunes very, very much so in favor of the local professional football team. 
unrelenting, both in season, both in off and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it. And the only way I see out uh, is, is to to no longer play football. Uh, it's it's taken my joy of this game away. Uh, and uh, this. Sorry. I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live. Taking the joy out of this game. And after 2016, where I played in pain and was unable to regularly practice, I made a vow to myself that I would not go down that path again. I find myself in a similar situation. And the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football in this cycle that I've been in, uh, com come to the proverbial fork in the road, uh, and, and I, I made a vow to myself that if I ever did again, I would choose choose me in a sense. It's very difficult. I love this team. I love my teammates, the folks in our building, the fans, the game of football, and, and as part of this team, uh, as, a, as a member of this team, and because of how I feel, I know that I am unable to pour my heart and soul into this position, uh, which would not only sell myself short, but the team in the end as well. Uh, and it's sad, but I also have a lot of clarity in this. Uh, it's been a difficult process, uh, but my wife, my family, my friends, Mr. Ballard, Mr. Ursay, the Ursay family, and Frank Reich have been incredibly helpful, supportive, uh, and I'm so grateful for them. I, uh, it sucks. It sucks that he retired when he did. Now, not if you're a Titans fan, like so many of you are, um, that he, uh, that he retired when he did, because like I said, he was undefeated against you during his time in the NFL. But I, uh, I really, I loved to watch Andrew Luck play. That dude was electric, absolutely electric. And to see, uh, to see how that changed because they didn't, properly protect him the offensive line was consistently an issue um it was you know it was just as a as a football fan it's kind of like Trevor Lawrence I look at Trevor Lawrence kind of in the same way like I get why Titans fans I get why you wouldn't want Trevor Lawrence to do well because you root for the Titans and you want to see your team succeed and the Jags are in your division but like just as a football fan don't you want to see Trevor Lawrence be fun like even if it's like on a bye week or when the Titans play on Thursday night, so you don't got to sweat them on a Sunday and you're watching red zone. Don't you want to see fun quarterbacks making plays in the league for luck and for, for Lawrence, for Justin field. I want to see this happen for Justin Fields. I'm terrified that Chicago's going to ruin him. I want to see that dude succeed at the highest level because more good quarterbacks is better for the health of the sport. And, uh, and certainly um, for luck, it was, it's not been the same ever since they've had Carson Wentz and a other, like, you know, Philip rivers at the end and Matt Ryan at the end of his career now, and Jacoby Brissett and all kinds of different, all kinds of different issues, um, that they've had since he decided to retire three years ago. But the thing, the thing that I remember most is, is one, him being booed. I think that's everybody's biggest memory of how that situation went down when he was standing on the sidelines of a preseason game, got told that Adam Schefter broke the news while the preseason game was going on. Everybody in the stadium saw it and then booed him as he walked off the field. 
So that was a uh, that was something that you really, really hated to see for a player that had been so great for a franchise that, you know, I, I think did him dirty. Uh, I think did him dirty at the end. Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, 2016, Amar says, is when Brian Arakpo slammed him on that shoulder. Luck hasn't been right since. He's He had so many injuries. If you go back and look at like how many different things that Andrew Luck had to deal with throughout the course of his year, like you would go back and say, okay, that's really, one, it's hugely responsible of him to recognize that and leave at the top when the money is really, really good. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think he dealt with it like ankle with shoulder with, um, he, he rupt or he had a lacerated, I think it was a lacerated kidney or a lacerated spleen, some, some kind of laceration to an organ that made it sound deeply uncomfortable, um, to continue to do his job. Uh, Gino says, Buck, stop saying you, you cover this team. This is your team also, uh, or you don't cover them properly with an antagonistic attitude. Stop going out of your way to show you are a uh, you are not a Titans fan. It's uncomfortable and confrontational. Uh, yeah, Gino, I don't give a shit. Um, you know, I just <laughs> like uh, I uh, okay. Uh, that's literally the way that I've been doing my job for seven years. So you know, if you don't like it, you got to eat it at this point because I'm obviously not going to change that. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I go out of my way to intentionally distance myself. But yeah, I, I am cognizant of the fact that I. You guys, um, in places where I need to let you know where where you know my sensibilities are, I think that's fine, and I think it's fine if uh, if you don't necessarily like that all the time, you'll get over it. You're a big boy, or at least I think you are. Or maybe you should stop being so disrespectful and wearing glasses and do things like your Facebook profile picture. Who knows? Diana Rossini on the radio show tomorrow. One more primetime show left to do uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Have a great rest of your evening. Go check out the install with Greg Cosell. We did a lot of good work today. On Roger McCreary, Malik Willis, Dylan Radens, Nick Petit Frere, and Caleb Farley. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. or if not, 8 p.m. on Prime Time.